Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Paddock Chat, a West Midlands Group original podcast created to keep local growers in the loop without having to leave the paddock. I'm your host, Kira Holly, and I am the West Midlands Group's Communications Officer. In 2020, Karoo Farmer and West Midlands Group member Charles Wass hosted a collaborative WMG and Levy Group trial site to explore options for increasing production on what was previously an unviable paddock. The paddock was ameliorated with a plaza plough in 2019 and seeded to eight plots of varying pasture varieties in 2020. On today's episode, you'll hear a conversation between myself, Charles, and WMG Mixed Farming Systems Officer, Brianna Hindle, who ran the trial alongside the Leiby Group, about the ins and outs of the project, what performed best overall, and the specific pasture varieties used. We also delve into the benefits and opportunities of waiting for the break of the season to ameliorate paddocks. The information provided in this podcast is general in nature and may not be wholly appropriate for your purposes or situation. We recommend that you seek appropriate professional advice before implementing actions based on information provided in this podcast. This conversation was recorded in mid-January 2021. Welcome to another episode of Paddock Chat. Today I'm here with WMG's Mixed Farming Systems Officer, Brianna Hindle, and our guest today, Karoo Farmer, Charles Wass. Hi guys. Hello. Hi, Kira. Today we're going to be unpacking a collaborative WMG and Leiby Group trial that Charles hosted in 2020. Charles, for anyone listening who doesn't know you, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your Karoo operation? Yeah, so I farm 10 kilometres west of Karoo on what would be best described as a mixed soil type farm. So we run, run sheep and crop. Generally speaking, we crop the good country and try and run our sheep on the poorer country over winter and then graze them on the stubbles. And for the last few years, I've been trialling many things to increase my production and make the most of the country. Um, over the time, I've spread chook poo, I've trialled the plaza ploughing, trialled different varieties of sown pastures just to try and increase my productivity. Yeah. How is the chook poo, just out of interest? Um, showed definite results like it definitely did improve things um it just came to the decision basically i was spending around the 50 dollars a hectare mm. every year mm. and you were i was getting some minor cumulative benefit yeah but it was something that was going to happen every year so i got a, a bit of a liming effect that was long term yeah i got some trace elements that were hanging around and some minor p and k that would would stay real strong growth like yeah. you get a lot more dry matter production but at 50 bucks a hectare on your porous sand do it for 10 years you've spent 500 bucks on per hectare on your farm on your poor country that is still poor country you haven't changed yeah the nature of it or the structure of it hmm, that's interesting what is keeping you busy at the moment sheep if you've got sheep you're always busy now we're drafting ewes off getting ready to join animals um yeah sorting out our paddocks setting up waters so that we can potentially sneak away for more than two days. Cool. Well, what convinced you to take part in the project and to host a trial site? Like, what motivated you? I've always been a, a big believer that if you do what everyone else does, you'll just end up where they are. So I'm keen to try new things and try and do something a little bit different and see what works and doesn't work. And then, you know, so I'm always doing trials anyway. I think every farmer... You know, trials constantly with different things. You know, we call every mistake we make a trial. So when Levy Group had first spoke to me about 
the fact that they were running a system where they would support farmers to do a trial. I thought that sounded like a, a good opportunity to actually learn how to run a trial properly and, and get some consistent results out of it. And then I'd spoke to Bree a few times about different pasture trial, trials she was running and sort of found that while those trials were interesting, I would like to have been able to run one on my farm to actually get some sort of more accurate results on how it would go in my specific little patch. Yeah. So could you tell us a little bit about the varieties that were tested in this trial site? Yep. So we ran a triticale on its own, seeded at 60 kilos, uh, triticale and cerradella, hike and rose clover on its own, triticale and vetch, and then we had a mixture, another run of triticale, cerradella, and then at the end we did a one last pass, which was the shotgun mix, and it had pretty much, I think we cleaned out the West Midlands Group grain store. There was some barleys, there was some cereal rise, there was about four different clovers, there was a bit of grazing turnip, there was some canola because I'd sown canola before we did the trial and there just happened to be a bit of that left over, so we chucked a handful of that in. Yeah, a bit of a smorgasbord there. Yeah. Yeah, even the canola, you know, that got up to, to produce a reasonable amount of dry matter. Yeah, wow. And we love we love the turnips at the West Midlands Group. Those have been going in the trials for the last few years. They're always pretty interesting. Yeah, so we had an ape and leafy turnip at Charles's place, which is a bit of seed that I had left sitting around, and it actually did amazingly well. It was one of the surprising ones and came up and was quite big and bulky. Yeah, until it got warm at the end yeah. and then it got very sad. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> like every broad leaf. Yeah. One of the biggest questions is, which pastures did you find work best out of the trial that we did and will you be using them again next year? Yep, so I guess probably the the best part, the pasture that worked the best was the shotgun mix, which I think is the standard response that Mm. you generally get. You chuck everything in a bucket and and throw it over your left shoulder and it seems to produce quite well. Yeah. Um, the, The triticale, which I used... And, you know, it's proven the last couple of years that I've been using and the reason that I started using it is because of its performance in, in your porous sands. You know, it once again showed how tough it is and it actually created a little bit of a problem in that it's so competitive that when you put it in a dual planting, it just beat up the other thing it was planted with. It, it, it's just too competitive. Um the probably the the biggest surprise was the hiking rose clover. I was dismissive of that and gave it no chance of succeeding. I've seen clover on my farm where the largest part of the plant is the flower and just produced nothing. And this, as far as biomass went, it probably outdid the cerradella and produced plenty of seed, which it'll be interesting if it then mm. regenerates and continues to perform but it certainly was the one that probably exceeded my expectations. Yeah. So you're going to give it a go next year? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to look into the cost of seed yeah. and it'll certainly be determined by whether it comes back. You know, the idea is I don't mind seeding a cereal into a paddock, but I'd like to get a clover base or a cerradella base or some form of legume and not necessarily for dry matter production or for feed value. Mm. And that's probably what another thing that I learned this year is my focus is sort of the legume is purely there to create nitrogen. You know, if it grows three inches tall and puts some nitrogen in the soil, mm. 
job done. I'll rely on the cereal to get my dry matter and to get the feed value up because yeah. it just they just seem to produce so much more and they're so much more consistent and reliable. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny that you said that about the shotgun mix as well going back to when you first started talking about what you saw because the shotgun mix was what performed the best in the Dandarigan version of the same trial. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if people start doing a bit more of that. Yeah, and mm. one of the things I'm doing this year is it's not so much not as many varieties. I think we put nine or ten different things in. Leftovers. The shotgun, yeah, basically mm. just anything we can get our hands on. But this year I'm doing a system where I'm going to spread triticale out front or scope barley or something up front and then seed canola and cerradella through that. Yeah, okay. So that'll be a, a three-variety mix and see how that... Perf- For grazing? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Cool. So coming back to the amelioration side of it quickly, you did something different to what everyone else would normally do and you actually ameliorated that paddock in winter instead of prior to the winter in our normal or spring-autumn period. How do you think that worked for you as well? Well, it, it worked very well because I didn't have time to do it any other time of the year. Um, in, in July, when things had quietened down a bit, you know, was, was when I had the time and I, I had made the decision that I didn't want. I'd seen other people's paddocks blow terribly after plaza ploughing and being close to the road and, you know, public view, I didn't really want to have too many conversations in the pub about how my, my paddock was going to end up in town. So I decided to, yeah, to plough in. In July, when it was wet, all the winds had finished. And so the first year, there was no production at all. It got ploughed and it got sown to 40 kilos of triticale as a pure cover. And it, there was no grazing whatsoever on it. It was just left alone. It was a little bit of an advantage in that the paddock that I was ploughing, it's never produced anything anyway. So I wasn't missing out on any production because the production of that paddock had been zero. So, but it just meant that the second year when I went in to seed the trial, it had a probably about a 15 centimetre tall stubble, head still on the triticale, the lot just sitting there as cover. And 2020, as you will remember, was a particularly good year for wind. And I held off seeding that paddock until about the 5th of June because we'd copped such bad blows earlier in the year. I kept waiting, thinking, okay, well, I'll make sure it's nice and damp. There's no wind coming and then I can seed it. And it still got blown. Yeah. But not as bad as I think it would have otherwise. So what was the date that you guys plaza ploughed that? The initial plaza ploughing was done on about the 10th of July 2019 and then it was sown, the trial plot was sown... On the 14th of May and there was, you could see a clear difference once the wind had come through and everything had actually started coming out of the ground that the first ones up and going was where the amelioration had been done and the stubble was sitting there, it had protected it a little bit, but you went through and looked at the non-ameliorated area and it was struggling and it was very deep under the ground. The mm-hmm. seed was a long way down. Yeah. yeah. Will you continue ameliorating um, after the break of the season and then seeding? Um, I'll probably do a mixture of, of both. Um, I've got there's at least 200 hectares left on the farm that will be that will receive similar treatment. And it'll be a case of there might be the odd bit if I can get onto it earlier and I'm feeling safe. But for the most part, it will be yeah done just after seeding, disconnect the, the air seeder, hook up the plough, mm. go and do those paddocks and then seed them to a cover. Yeah. If we have a good year and we get some later rains, then I may get a grazing out of it. But again, those are their paddocks that they basically don't carry any stock at the moment. 
And, you know, as shown with this trial, we've basically, the plaza ploughing and the seeding in the pastures has turned a paddock from zero production to a point where it's, it's quite, you know, quite useful and, and quite a, a decent quality grazing paddock. Amazing. That's a good result. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> that's probably, you know, the level of result that we've got it has been very impressive. Yeah. Like I was expecting to get a result, mm. but... You know, to get what we've got is is very encouraging. Yeah. So you weren't expecting how well it performed. No, no, I wasn't yeah. expecting it to go as well as it, as it did. Yeah. And did it receive any like fertilizer or anything? So the the trial plot was sown with 100 kilos of map mop up front. Yep. And that was that was what it got. Yeah. Right. Okay. So which is fairly generous. Like typically, there are other paddocks which have been plaza ploughed in previous years. And the rest of the paddock around got 50 kilos of triticale and 50 kilos of fertiliser, and that was all. And, you know, it still grew, and it's above knee-high, thick cover, mm. good grazing. You know, I've just moved 400 sheep into that paddock. Yeah. And they will be very happily grazing that for most of summer. Yeah. So is it still looking good, you know, after yeah. the last few months? Oh, wow, that's great. Is there any key benefits you see from adopting the winter amelioration practice as such? Yeah, it, it, it yeah. achieves, I think it's achieved a couple of things. Was firstly, the risks for the first year of the blow are certainly, you don't have those risks because you go in later. Generally, May, early June are when the big blow risks tend to be, you know, after your, your southerlies from summer. But yeah, you may, may those early fronts that come through seem seem to be very windy ones, and once the soil wets up, it certainly doesn't seem as prone to blowing. So you you, you get rid of that problem. And when the second year, with your bit of stubble cover and the root mass that you've got in the paddock, the blow you can get into it early and seed it, knowing that you've got a bit of cover there to protect it. Yeah, I think that two benefits, and you can get. You know, obviously, the earlier you can get your pasture up out the ground, the more chance it's got of producing dry matter and getting your grazing value. Another benefit would be that you're not stressing out while you're seeding, trying to deep rip or plaza plough paddock. Mm. Um, you can focus on your seeding and then just move on to the amelioration side. Yeah, and I'm sort of trying to get to a point where I can have pastures sown late April, seeding May, and then June, July being the amelioration and cover crop sowing time. So just sort of stepping it through in a bit of a timeline like that. Yeah, because everything always goes to plan. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But just because it doesn't go to plan doesn't mean you That's shouldn't have That's the goal, yes. <laughs> Organisation is key. Is there anything that you would change about... Um, the way that the trial worked or any other pasture varieties you would have put in it? Yeah, I think it, um, the options for the, the new variety for Cerradella, which is the Frano, that would have been of interest. Some different cereals and comparing the cereal biomass productions across them would be interesting. There's still some soil testing to be done, so some learning about what the results are on the paddock from some of our soil testing post-amelioration and when it's into production. So there's, there's still a few things to yeah. to work through. What soil type was this trial on? Rubbish yellow sand would probably be the best. <laughs> the technical term? Poor, poor yellow. I don't know. They call yep. it silver loam, so maybe golden loam. Okay, okay. They call, no they call white sand. 
ish. My current bugbear is that we're not 100% certain oh, of okay. the clay content. There's been a little bit of a discrepancy between soil test results particle size and soil experts' opinion of particle size. So we're still working to determine exactly what soil type it is. Yeah, right. But it, it's the weaker yellow sands. Yeah. You know, you're less productive because you've got your good yellows and the poor yellow, and they look very similar, produce very differently. And you know, this is a, a poor yellow that hadn't produced anything yeah. before. And I'm focusing, I guess, a little bit on the what to do with the poorer sands because I know what to do with the good country. That's, well, you'd hope so. Yeah. You put, <laughs> you put that in crop, you harvest it, Yeah. you send you, know, you send, send the seed to CBH and yeah. sell it. Yeah. That's you know, and then you graze your stubbles. That that system is fairly well established. Mm. What to do with these poorer paddocks and and how to maximise you know the the return. Whether that's a cheap crop that yields a ton and you still make a couple of bucks out of it, or whether it's you know carrying three three DSE through this through the winter that you can then graze on your summer stubbles. You know that's that's all in the research at the moment. What keeps you interested? in farming and in ag? What keeps me going with in the farming area, I guess, would, would be the fact that there's always something new going on. I've got a fairly hyperactive mind, so having all different things to look at and research and, you know, you could spend every night sitting in front of a computer Googling different seed varieties, different fertiliser rates, different setups for an air seeder bar. You know, there's there's a million things that, that you can trial and test and do and every every person's little patch of dirt is different and you know what one person's little patch will do some of it can be applied to your own but not all of it so you know there's a lot of reading of research articles and thinking of what will work here what do i keep what do i throw out Mm. so yeah it's a lot of a lot of fun in that yeah that area yeah always something new oh great well that is Fantastic. Thank you both so much for joining us today. No worries, you're welcome. Thanks, Kira. And that brings us to the end of this episode. A big thank you to Charles for coming on the podcast today and sharing his experience with us. But before we go, here are a couple of key messages from that conversation. By ameliorating and seeding a previously unusable paddock to pastures, Charles now has a quality grazing paddock back into rotation. Waiting until the break and the autumn winds have passed, reduce the impacts of wind erosion on the paddock and the overall performance of the pastures zone. A shotgun mix of all of the varieties trialled was the best performing plot. The full results for this trial will be published in this year's WMG Research Annual and Brianna Handel, who you heard from today, will also present findings from all of our 2020 pasture trials at the WMG Seasonal Updates event, which will be held on Tuesday the 16th of March at the Dendarigan Hall. And thank you as always for tuning in. You can stay in the loop by subscribing so that you know when the next episode drops. And if you like what you're hearing, leave a review. The best way to receive our updates and to stay in the loop with the latest in local research is by becoming a West Midlands Group member. Our members are an essential part of why we do what we do and we pride ourselves on ensuring members receive relevant, innovative information. I'd like to thank our sponsors and members without whom this would not be possible. See you next time for some more Paddock Chat. Local knowledge from a paddock near you.